0: RCMP have confirmed that one of the two suspects in the mass murder has been found dead. RCMP say at 11.30 Monday morning, Damien Sanderson was found dead outdoors with visible injuries at James Smith, Cree Nation. Damien Sanderson, alongside his brother Miles, were the two men wanted in connection to the stabbings in central Saskatchewan.
1: Miles Sanderson, Damien's brother, may have sustained injuries. This has not been confirmed. But we do want the public to know this because there is a possibility he may seek medical attention.
0: Police say Miles was last seen in Regina midday Sunday. He was in a stolen black Nissan Rogue with a passenger. We are very confident that that Miles was in the city yesterday. We assumed that it was both of them. But having said that, we are confident that there were two people in that vehicle. And so at this point, we don't know who else was in the vehicle. Searches are happening across Saskatchewan with authorities in other provinces and at the border also on alert.
1: So everyone knows how dangerous Mr. Sanderson is now. But certainly the parole board, police knew he was dangerous before, and the question I think a lot of people would want to know is, uh, did the parole board even notify those on James Cree um, Reserve that they were releasing a violent offender? Did anyone on that reserve have any idea of the threat amongst them? And in the aftermath of this mass killing, many of those living on reserves have made very, very clear that... Poverty, drugs, addiction and rising crime are ravaging their communities, yet no matter how much they ask for resources, you know, to keep their home secure, keep the drugs out of their communities, you know, keep violent parolees from hiding within, uh, they're ignored. You know, so they fend for themselves. And that's where we find a group called the Bear Clan Patrol. This is a national safety group And it's made up of Indigenous people who are stepping into this void to provide security and safety to Aboriginal communities. And it's basically a policing model created on self-policing based on Indigenous values and community involvement. How does it work and is this something that needs to expand or will governments finally wake up and provide the needed resources? Let us ask. Kevin Walker is the Executive Director of Bear Clan Patrol joining us now. Thanks so much, Kevin.
0: Thank you for having me and good morning
1: this is uh, a group that formed in 1992 out of winnipeg and it was to really respond to needs that were not being met uh, by regular policing and and so take me through some of the involvement and how this group works uh, given it is a volunteer-based program and and what it does
0: you know bear clans uh started out as um a community support group and uh it's continued to do that we've uh we have many roles in the community. We're not just uh, there to uh, pick up some of the hazardous needles and things like that, but we're there to support our community members with first aid, getting them the resources they need, uh, and being a liaison from the community to some of the authority figures and other resources within the city.
1: When you see the fallout uh, and the aftermath, and certainly um, you know, I've had time to reflect on, on what what happened on Sunday in the region uh, that it did, what what goes through your mind as someone who has actively tried to make their community safer? I mean, is this in your mind a preventable crime?
0: Well, the random crimes are happening throughout now, it seems, and they're hard to, um, you know, predict. But I think some of these northern communities uh, would be beneficial if they had community support groups within their community, people from the community, that know the community and can help out uh, to build a stronger community. That's kind of the model we have within uh, the communities that we work in, uh, the North End being one of those communities. It's very, um, our base volunteers are right from the community. So they're able to, to know what's needed and we can meet uh, our most vulnerable where they're at.
1: Well, there is a natural trust um, that can be built because your uh, approach is for Indigenous people, by Indigenous people. Take me through what you see as a response, because one of the big things that we've heard uh, since since Sunday is that there are no resources, there's no real policing on reserves, there's no investment, and despite all the pleas for support programs like addiction issues or keeping the drugs out of these, um, you know, the reserves, it just isn't uh, being heard. And, and the blame can go back decades, it can go to all levels of government. The bottom line is we have a huge failure across some of our reserve systems. And so what is the fix in your mind? Is it that the governments have to implement resources so that you can hire your own indigenous policing services? Or can these be policed by, let's say, uh, national uh, you know forces like the RCMP? Because I think it's clear that the RCMP was not able to police this properly, or they probably would have gotten this guy off the streets.
0: I believe so. And I think it's probably a good teachable moment for, for everyone to to realize that uh, you know more work has to be done, more resources are needed to keep our relatives safe in some of these northern communities. Um, you know, we with the drug addictions, with the mental health uh, aware the situations that are uh, you know happening on reserves and throughout the city here in Winnipeg. Um, we need to be uh, have those resources available to people. If people want to get, uh, you know, clean and, and get into a, a um, addiction center, they should have access to that right away. Not not two weeks down the road. Not a month down the road. They need to get in there right away. Mental health is a huge issue too. That mm-hmm. needs to be looked at as well. So.
1: The other thing is is that you've got parolees, uh, like in Miles Sanderson's case, where you know he was able to. I, I don't know if he lived there. I don't know if he was there permanently, but he was able to get back into that community and might have felt like it was a hands off situation because I'm going to make an assumption here, Kevin, that the police would not necessarily go into the reserves because there is a. Um, I, I think we can be honest about it. There there is an apprehension for police to actually police these these areas because they see it as a third rail, and so is that is that an assumption? that i can make that we can make
0: i'm not too sure on that regard but i would love to see that uh, a community working within their own community and uh you know maybe be supported by the rcmp in some way if they're not able to handle whatever they need to handle on their own in their own communities um you know with the proper training proper resources proper funding that could be a reality. And and then that might take some of the the burden or the resources off the RCMP um, mm-hmm. to to focus on things that are happening, such as this situation today.
1: Are there reserves in this country? Because not there, there are some very successful reserves, and and they have structures in place. But there are many that that have fallen into poverty um, and, and are, are really struggling. Are there, Kevin? you know, reserves in this country that do have proper uh, policing, resourced policing that does actually work, or is it completely a void across the country?
0: I'm not too certain on that, but I think it would be a, a great start and a great conversation to have uh, with the government to, to look at, um, you know, those possibilities of uh, reserves or communities uh, working within and having their own uh, I won't call it a police force because that's not mm-hmm. how I'd like to, uh, community support group is right. a term I'd rather use because you're a community supporting your community. You're not policing your community. You want to be supporting them. And I think uh, that's missing as well. There has to be that trust within uh, the RCMP mm-hmm. and these communities. And there has to be a little bit of compassion and empathy from the RCMP back to the community as well.
1: Yeah, and look, I assume now we're going to have all sorts of conversations, because that's how we seem to roll in this country, where we always say never again, and then moving forward, we say that we'll put in changes, but again, it doesn't happen fast enough. So here we are again with another, as you call it, a teachable moment that came with a very grave uh, and, and great price on it. And so the conversation, Kevin, for you goes where? And, and frankly, I don't think words are enough this time. Do, do those in Indigenous communities, do people and volunteers within your organization feel like finally that that, that things might change
0: now? Um, I'm hoping they do change uh, for the better. I hope uh, it's a safer, uh, communities become safer I hope communities work together. Uh, you know, come together as as people and and work together. Uh, you know, don't let don't let things fester and get out of hand and, and work together to solve those problems. And I think the trust issue, we've we've earned it now in the city of Winnipeg with our community and our community members, as well as the WPS and the Winnipeg Fire and Paramedics. We, you know, we're out on the street doing what we do. And that we've also earned their respect. So that's what's needed. We People have to respect each other and, and earn each other's trust.
1: Well, let's see if we can get the talk walking and uh, see where this conversation takes us. But I very much appreciate your time on this, Kevin. I know it's not an easy time in your community. So thanks so much for uh, joining us.
0: Thank you very much. And I'd just like to extend our condolences and uh, support to the families that were involved in this incident. Absolutely. Thank you for me. As we
1: start to learn who they are. That is Kevin Walker. He's with a group called Bear Clan Patrol. This is a, a volunteer group. And so if you want to check out what kind of work they do, um, you know, they're a grassroots uh, organization. They've been working, well, since 1992, trying to make their own community safer. The conversation can't just be a bunch of talk. It actually has to be implemented. and uh, And it's long overdue, because these are not new issues. It's just they've been left to fester, I think, far, far too long. So we'll continue uh, watching and, of course, keeping up to date with all the developments uh, throughout uh, the day. And, and and we are starting now to learn who uh, was taken and, and their stories. And they are very tragic.